Hello traders, welcome to our weekly analysis. Today is Monday, January 22nd. We are right now just 4 minutes past 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, so obviously I hadn't been uh, updated video as much as I would like to. You know, last week I only got uploaded one video. So trying to again get back to upload video daily uh, i apologize for not being able to do that but hopefully you know it is going to change from this week so uh let's just take a look at what had happened well first thing over the weekend i guess many of you if you read newspaper you know the biggest news was the uh government shutdown for the u.s however it had reopened i think it just a couple hours ago uh, in the Eastern Standard Time. But the thing is that it hadn't really impact the economy or the market that much. And uh, a lot of people uh, worried that this is going to create a lot of risk of sentiment, which is not really the case because you, you whenever there's an economic event or a geop geopolitical event happens, the first thing you want to do is to look at the history because you want to see if this event had happened before. And that's where you can find out the pattern of all these kind of fundamental events. Now, obviously, for things like Brexit, that's why it was such a big impact back uh, last year, or sorry, in 2016, because it was very new. It hasn't happened before, historically speaking, right? The whole Eurozone is very, very new in terms of the, in, in the historical perspective. So in terms of the government shutdown for U.S., it's really not a big deal. The U.S. government had shut down many, many times. The last time was in 2013, while Obama was still in the president. So it's it's usually um, happened quite often uh, when the Senate cannot come up with a good agreement and things like that. What you need to watch out is how long that shutdown is. Because for this time, it's only like, what, two to three days, completely normal. You, you're probably going to start worry if it over 10 days. So if it start over 10 or 15 days of the government shutdown, that's where the market will start getting worried. And that's where the risk sentiment will turn off and you might see a lot of safe haven inflow. But as long as you're under 10 days benchmark, you know, really not a big deal. And the second thing is that it was not something new ever since Donald Trump became the president. There's a lot of political issues in U.S. And, and, and frankly, people are get used to it. You know, people are used to it right now. They're not really taking too much consideration in terms of the political stance. That's why this over the weekend, the shutdown of the U.S. government really didn't create any impact for the financial market. Right? Everything was, was really pretty much the same before the weekend. Okay. So uh, obviously, let's first look, take a look at the big, big, uh, big sectors, big uh, commodity price. So copper price is still very well supported. Now, obviously, we're hitting this 33,300 and now we are coming down a little bit. But, you know, if you zoom out, this is a daily chart, by the way, it's still very well supported uptrend. Iron ore, it's exactly the same thing, you know, ever since last November or you can say last July really we haven't it's been an uptrend since last july 2017 gold on the other hand is really the same thing and same as wti also going higher now i mentioned in the last video uh, the reason there are a couple of two major reasons why the commodity price are all up the first is of course 
the actual economic demand. Right now, in 2018, the global market had all been recovered quite well. If you look globally at U.S., uh, Germany, Europe, China, emerging market, so there is an underlying demand for the commodity, especially from China, and that's why you see copper and iron ore quite well supported. Now, in terms of WTI, in terms of crude oil, uh, last November, obviously, the OPEC passed the oil output curb, and that is in effect right now. So that really helped the oil price. Now, today or, or uh, yesterday, the OPEC came out and again, they say that they will basically continue the oil curb past 2018. So remember this this contract that they, this agreement that they, they agreed to from last November, it was due or expired this uh, I, I think it's like September or December. I don't I don't really remember. But it's supposed to expire in December 2018, and now you know we are not even there yet. They already come out say that they are fully prepared to, to uh, basically keep curbing the oil output well past 2018. Uh, of course, they mentioned that it might not be in a in the same scale, but it, it's just basically a very uh, confident talk from the OPEC member, give the market that you know the oil producer are really really prepared to boost the oil price up. Now, obviously, when you talk about oil price, you always have these two battle forces. One is the OPEC producer. The other one is the crude oil producer in US, the shale producers. So that's where really uh, the price might get a little bit choppy. But in terms of the micro scale, that talk by the OPEC member had really helped the oil market. On top of that, as I mentioned, the global market is in the risk on sentiment. So there is a, a real demand for the oil, especially right now in the winter month. So that's why you see oil price goes up. So that's the one major reason why the commodity prices are all up. The second thing, obviously, it's because the drop of the US dollar. Now, as you can see, the US dollar beginning of 2018, it's a continuation of a downtrend from 2017. So US dollar continue to drop lower. Now, obviously, the next important support will be at the 90 level, which is the 90 handle right somewhere here. So this will be very important, right? First of all, because we haven't touched here, I think, since 20, okay, right here. So 2015, 2014, actually. So after 2015, we haven't, the US dollar had never been this low. Uh, second thing, of course, this is technical handle is always uh, uh, places that people or traders pay attention to. So all in all, US dollar is still in a bear market. If you look at all other currency, obviously it's going up because they are all versus US dollar. So this had been the main reason why the commodity price continued to go up. If it's only because dollar uh, reason I wouldn't be that bullish about CAT or Aussie, but because it's really there, we have some underlying support, and that's why I'm much more confident for Australian dollar and Canadian dollar, which are two currencies I'm currently long as well. Now, in terms of dollar, the biggest question is are we still like is 2018 going to be a, a bearish year for US dollar, or is this just a, a beginning of the reversal? Now, the truth is that nobody knows, but uh, right now, the only key factor that you need to watch out again is the inflation of the U.S. market because 
although Federal Reserve is looking to hike interest rate three times, as I mentioned last time, that had already been priced in. So that's not a surprise anymore for dollar. The dollar lose steam again is because the inflation is still low. And basically, as I mentioned before, that Fed is selling the US bond, right? China is there's a rumor that they are selling the, the they are not going to hold that much US Treasury. So you have less less demand for US dollar. And we also heard news that the European banks, some of the countries like Germany, they are considered to put Chinese yuan as a new reserve, as I mentioned last video. And of course, uh, if they put a new reserve for Chinese yuan, that means they are going to sell US dollar. So that all in all, the global market, big, big country, central bank has less and less demand for US dollar. And that's why dollar keep dropping. The only way for dollar to go up is if the Federal Reserve is looking to hike interest rate further, more than three times. And the only reason Federal Reserve are going to hike interest rate more than three times is if the inflation really shoots up, which is not the case right now. And I argued last video that it could because a lot of reason, but the very sounding logic reason is because of the technology. So right now, yes, everyone has a job because unemployment rate is at all time low. But because of the help of technology, you're not really looking for a wage growth because you don't need to, right? You can hire a lot of people, but they can co-work, coexist with the machine. So you don't really need to pay a certain group of people any much more high salary anymore. So that wouldn't drive up the, uh, the, the wages, so it wouldn't really cause the inflation to shoot up. So all in all, you know, if I look at the market, I do think dollar seems to be in a bearish year in terms of the fundamental perspective, in terms of 2018, unless the inflation really, really shoots up, then that's another story because the Fed will have to either raise interest rate, but uh, they might do that and then that might tank the stock market. So we'll see what happened uh, later on. I think uh, right now it's only January. It's quite, quite peaceful year, quite peaceful month for now. I really think this might be, you know, uh, like a peaceful moment before the storm because I just think, you know, after June or even the midterm election, there might be a lot of chaotic events happening. But as for now, fundamentally speaking, yes, dollar is in a bearish mode. And because of that, commodity continue to go up. So right now, dollar still is a bearish currency to sell. Okay, so take a look at major currency in terms of daily chart. Obviously, Euro keep hitting new high and right now is at this 22.75. This is actually a, new, a very, like we haven't been touched this point, I think, for three years. So this is a very, uh, very, very good point for Euro. Now, a lot of people are worried saying that, okay, it, it's high enough. Well, that's, if you look at the market only in a technical perspective, you would think that way. But if you, you have to understand the fundamental pictures, I, I, I think personally think Euro is going to have a bullish year because it, economic economically speaking it's recovering very well the inflation had picked up the only thing left is ECB and ECB is looking to change its policy uh, in 2018 so euro is looking to have a pretty good year I think it, unless anything unless they, their economy deteriorated during 2018 
Uh, Australian dollar, obviously, it gets a lot of help from the commodity price. I wouldn't say Aussie has uh, any particularly good fundamental data. It's not bad. It's still neutral, not good enough for the RBA to change its policy. Maybe too early to say, but nevertheless, the current commodity surge obviously helped Australian dollar a lot. Same thing. Sorry, it's not here. Same thing for Canadian dollar, which I'll, I'll tell you later. Uh, for cable, obviously, continue to go up. Now we have more and more, you know, soft re-exit good news coming up in 2018. But nevertheless, uh, for British pound, I I personally haven't traded at all. I just don't know where it's gonna go. To be honest, so I don't know what's gonna happen to British pound. But all in all, cable obviously is one of the biggest winners since this year. And that's really contributed to a, a very weak US dollar. So is cable going to keep going up? Uh, yeah, as long as the US dollar continues to be weakened. But what's going? What's what's the real catalyst to drive cable or to drive British pound? That's a big question mark for me. I mean, you 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 probably better off to trade British pound technically, just because that seems to be the best way. A lot of people are trading British pound. Technically, because right now there isn't really much news coming out from Britain or UK.、Uh, dollar yen obviously also is a good trade for Japanese yen. Japanese yen, many of you know that the government basically、uh, changed to become a more hawkish stance last week, and market basically react very positively to the economic data of Japan and to the central bank of Japan by buying Japanese yen. Now I don't think Japan is ready to stop the quantitative easing or to tapering at all,、uh, at least not in a major scale. But it definitely is looking well for the economic picture comparing to a couple years ago. The inflation is going up pretty good, pretty well compared to last few years. One thing you have to understand: the whole economic structure of Japan is heavily rely on the export business. That means. No matter how good the economic is doing, no matter how good the inflation is, there is an underlying agenda for the government to basically not let the currency appreciate too much, because the whole economy of Japan is is really survive on the export business. So all in all, they will always keep a close eye on the currency market to make sure that the export business is still booming. So that's something you have to understand. That pretty much, you can trade Japanese yen by buying it, but it's not a long-term currency that I would like to hold, just because it really against the economic structure of the country. For that being said, does not mean you cannot buy.、It. In fact, I am long in Japanese yen, which I'll tell you later. I am personally long in Japanese yen, just because the central bank has changed its perspective. In these couple weeks,、um, for Euro pound, obviously it seems like a, a, a sideways movement. So it's not really a pair that worthwhile to trade. You know, you have equal amount of bullish stance for Euro and British pound. Dollar CAD is still a downtrend for dollar, and CAD is doing very well economically speaking. Remember, they have a very positive labor market data last、uh, last last week. However, right now the biggest, and also, sorry, also Bank of Canada raised the interest rate again this year. The first central bank 
the first G7 central bank to raise interest rate in 2018. However, uh, we didn't see much uh, bullish momentum into Canadian dollar. It's because we have even bigger events happening, which is the NAFTA deal. The NAFTA deal is due to renegotiated in January, I think, 23rd or 26th or 29th. Anyway, this month. And it's not looking well, to be honest. You have seen the President Trump came out publicly saying that he really want to uh, uh, basically just just get out of get out of the NAFTA at all, like once for all. And obviously, that's really going to be a catastrophic event, not only for for Canada but for U.S. and for Mexico as well. It's just not. Uh, not gonna end up too well for these three countries. So we'll see what happened. They are into a negotiation period this month. I think originally have six days. Now they extend to nine days. But just watch out if you are in Canadian dollar. This is going to be the biggest event for CAD more than anything else. So obviously, if NAFTA really, if US really pull out NAFTA, you are you can be ready to short Canadian dollar. It's gonna be very catastrophic events for Canada. Uh, Aussie, New Zealand, I think it's more a sideways movement because New Zealand, of course, is not as strong as Aussie, but it had benefited a lot from the current risk on sentiment. So although the market is still doubtful for the Labour government, Labour Party government, however, the current risk on sentiment and the high yield of New Zealand dollar continue to support its currency. Uh, Euro Swiss don't really have much to say for Swiss franc. Swiss franc obviously is a bearish currency because the current risk on sentiment. In terms of Switzerland, SMB hadn't done anything. The quantitative easing is still ongoing. Okay, so that's the major pairs. Now take a look at economic calendar for this this week, which is twenty second. Just give me one second. All right. So uh, the monetary policy obviously it just passed, and the Bank of Japan policy rate was ex as expected on hold. I haven't read the policy statement. I couldn't give you a picture right now, so I, I I I'm sorry about it. I have to read it later. But this is not a surprise, and we'll see what happened. They have a press conference at one thirty, so this might be even more important. Uh. Tuesday, don't really have much going on on Tuesday. And Wednesday, we have the labor market data from UK. Now, this will be quite important for UK because right now, aside from pre-exit, in terms of the economic pictures, the biggest issue for UK is inflation. And we all know what, why they had such a big inflation was due to a depreciation of British pound ever since they left uh, Europe, right? They left, they had a pre-exit. Now, the inflation last time was not that high. I remember it was 3% only. So that obviously gave a Bank of England some relief. They don't really need to address inflation that urgently. However, if we have, again, a labor market, especially the wages, if the wages growth picked up more than before, you see we already at 2.5 last time, which is really the highest since 2017. We have 2.6 right here. So, okay, I guess it's not that big deal. So we'll see what happens if you have the average earning really shoots up more than 2.6, 2.8, or even at 3%, that obviously is going to give uh, Bank of England a lot of inflationary pressure, and the market will expect British pound 
to go even higher because they'll expect Bank of England to raise interest rate. That's the only case this data is worthwhile to trade because other than that, market really not paying too much attention to the domestic or economic data for UK. Really, all eyes are still on the pre-exit uh, updates. So that will be the main drive. And obviously, a lot of British pound trader, especially cable trader, really trading a technical uh, levels. So that's something you have to consider. And that's why I tend to stay out of it because it's just not my style of trading. I couldn't really get a right uh, age in terms of trading cable. But all in all, again, if you have a high earning for UK, that will be a very positive momentum for British pound. But if you have a low wage growth, it might not necessarily be too negative for British pound. Right? I don't think it's going to be too sustained. Uh, crude oil inventory is going to come out Wednesday, but as I mentioned, not really going to affect Canadian dollar too much because all eyes will be on the NAFTA deal for now. Uh, we also have a CPI from New Zealand. This one obviously is going to give New Zealand a little bit push, but all in all, what's driving New Zealand dollar right now is the risk sentiment. So you could get in oh, uh, this kind of small data. I personally wouldn't trade this kind of data just because it's not a swing trade setup for me. Unless there's a big, big surprise, uh, maybe we have a very high CPI, then obviously you can uh, establish a New Zealand loan positions. Um, again, I don't like to go against the sentiment. So even if we have a negative CPI, that does not mean I like to sell New Zealand because right now the global sentiment, risk on sentiment is simply just very, very strong. Uh, this week, obviously the biggest event is the ECB minute. So we have an ECB press conference on Thursday. Uh, the mini rate, of course, is expected to, to be unchanged, but the press conference is going to be a big, big impact. Why? Right now, ECB is divided. We have equal amount of hawkish member and dovish member. So the hawkish member argue that because of the economic positivity, that ECB should stop the quantitative easing sooner than September or December, sorry, I, I forgot the dayline, but they should stop it sooner than than December. A dovish member obviously think that it's not ready yet. They had the inflation data. In fact, the last inflation data was at 1.4%, which is lower than the previous 1.5. So they don't think ECB, they don't think uh, Eurozone is ready for that drastic change. And on top of that, market had already react so positive for euro. Basically, euro had overshoots itself. This obviously jeopardized the quantitative easing for the eurozone. So that's why the dovish member argued that ECB should not be that hawkish. They should actually be more dovish to talk down euro. Now, since you have equal amount of hawkish and dovish member, that leave the whole market and whole, all eyes were forced to the chairman Draghi. So we will see what is Draghi thinking. What uh, is he more hawkish or is he more dovish? That will obviously drive the market. So this will be a very important event. My bet, my bet is that I think Draghi will be dovish, and the reason is because the euro had already gone up so much. Right, there is no. Uh, reason for him to continue fuel up euro because if he continue to fuel up euro we only going to see 
a last inflation for the eurozone, which really going to basically uh, jeopardize their quantitative easing plan. So it's natural for Draghi to be dovish. However, that does not mean you jump in and sell Europe because Draghi can be very, very dovish all he wants. The question is, is market going to buy it? Right? Is market going to believe Draghi in selling Europe? Now that is something, a big question mark for a lot of traders, including myself. And that's why it's uh, very interesting and, and also hard to trade because you can have central bank to act a certain way, but the market can simply you know ignore it. So Draghi, I think, obviously, if Draghi comes out, become very hawkish, then there's no no brainer. You just buy euro because the euro is really a one way street up. So I think Draghi, there's more reason for Draghi to be dovish so that the euro wouldn't shoot up too much. But the question is, after he delivered a dovish talk, how is the market going to react? Is the market going to sell euro because they believe Draghi? Or they simply think he's trying to talk down euro which doesn't make any sense because Euro is doing very well. The Eurozone is doing very well. Obviously, I, I'm still very bullish in Euro. So I think uh, I will still buy Euro regardless. If Dragon is positive and hawkish, of course, you can jump in to buy Euro right away. But on the other hand, if Dragon is negative and dovish, the Euro will have a retracement for a while. And that would provide me or anybody who is interested to buy Euro a good opportunity to get into it. So I'm actually think that's how this scenario is gonna pan out. I think Dragon is gonna be more dovish in terms of the delivery. I don't. I think Euro gonna retrace a little bit. I just don't know how much. And then that will be the point I can establish another new Euro position. But obviously I might be wrong. Maybe Dragon can come out very hawkish and the Euro gonna shoot up. Or Dragon can come out dovish and the market just completely oblivion with that and just keep going up, right? This all could happen, so we'll have to see. Uh, one thing is that if you are not sure, like me personally, I'm not sure, it's best to stay out of the market after the ECB events because you want to trade into an event if you, are, if you have at least more than 50% of chance to know what's going to happen. If you are not sure, you know, why risk your money in terms of this kind of event if you only have, let's say, 50% of chance. So it's best to wait for the events that you can have a better, clear understanding of the general direction of the market. That's the biggest event, and obviously you have cat retail sale again, not as big as the NAFTA deal that is ongoing, it's negotiating right now. So not a big deal for CAT. And Friday we will have the GDP data for UK. Again, not really something too much paying too much attention right now. CPI for CAT is important, but I argue again, it's not as important after NAFTA deal. Obviously, you see the expectation is negative number. I really don't. I think, of course, you have this kind of data is going to affect the currency for a short term. But in terms of the swing trade setup, it's really depend on a bigger perspective. And right now, it's just so risky to basically establish any new cat position just because the NAFTA is really up in the air. And this is not like before. This is basically the last negotiation. Okay, I know we have a lot of NAFTA negotiation last year. This is the last time. Well, unless they change their idea to decide to do more. But technically, this is the last negotiation. So they have to come up with a deal or no deal. And for what we're seeing right now, it does not look too well. You have 
Donald Trump probably could say that he wants to pull out. You have Canadian official and Mexican official base both saying that U.S. might really pull out. So not looking too well. We'll see what happened. And obviously, you have advanced GDP for U.S. Not again, not that big deal because um, right now for U.S. the old, the most important data will be the inflation. Bank of England government currently speak. I don't know why it's nine a.m. Maybe oh, I think oh they have the uh, the economic set, set, uh, economic expo this week. I think in the Switzerland. So that's why. Okay, so again, basically the most important data for this week will be the ECB, which is also the most tradable events for me personally. And then I will watch out how the global market update is. Okay, so my current position right now, I am. So first of all, I my cat yen got stopped out uh, last week. So last week, unfortunately, the Bank of Canada event was such a big, big knee jerking knee-jerking reaction so my Cayenne trade basically got stopped out uh, if you can see the chart which I'm still waiting to come up uh, it's not really a negative perspective for cat however that's the thing when you are holding a position into uh, a big big catalyst you will always have a risk getting stopped out okay so that's what happened to me unfortunately Cayenne got stopped out I still bullish, obviously bullish in Cayenne and think that eventually, unless the NAFTA deal got pulled out, otherwise CAD obviously will have more strength than Japanese Yen. But nevertheless, you see the box here, that's where I got stopped out when we have this kind of huge up and down movement. Dollar CAD, I'm still in this trade. Nothing has changed, still holding it. This is a break even trade already. So. I wouldn't really count this as a risky trade, you know, I had removed the risk out of the market, basically just holding it and I'm not really looking to exit, right, just because I want to see what happened to the NAFTA. You know, the worst case scenario, obviously, they pull out NAFTA, this trade got stopped out, or they continue uh, to renegotiate, then maybe we have a positive uh, sentiment for CAT. Euro, I'm still in my Euro Yen trade. You can see we have been in this sideways movement for quite some time, for a, a, about a whole, whole week already. So the next push will come up from ECB. So as I mentioned, I think uh, what's going to happen is Draghi going to deliver a dovish stance, and we might see market sell Euro temporary. But I think I don't know how much it's going to retrace. But nevertheless, I'm still quite bullish for Euro. This trade uh, is also break even already. So there's no risk in this trade. And this is uh, Euro Pound. This was, I think I was looking at this last last week. Obviously, you see, uh, we are still not, not really a pair that I'm looking forward just because we have an equal amount of buying power into it. And. Uh, Musicat was the new one I established last week and I unfortunately got stopped out. So I got this, I think, after the Bank of Canada events. I got in this trade um, because I, th I thought that the Bank of Canada, although the market perceived as a dovish hike, I don't really feel any dovish sentiment coming out from BOC. But I got stopped out nevertheless just because the NAFTA sentiment right now. Right now, CAT has a little bit bearish stance because the market is very, very doomed. They think that 
U.S. is going to pull out of NAFTA. So we don't really have much CAD strength at the moment. That's why I say, you know, it doesn't matter what's happened to the crude oil inventory, doesn't what happen, doesn't matter what happened to the CPI, we simply do not have enough CAD strength at the moment. So it's best not to get into a CAD trade. This one obviously got stopped out. Euronews, I'm not in this trade. Uh, this one is... Oh, this one's a new position I established Euro dollar. I got in uh, right here last week, uh, right after at the breakout of this regression channel. Basically, it's it's, it's more like a fundamental trade uh, with a technical entry, right? For me, I just feel like this is a continuation of uptrend. Obviously, it, this trade has become a little bit risky for this week, so I might get out just for now, just because I don't know what's gonna happen to the ECB. So probably it's better for me to get out just to be safe because we don't know whether ECB is going to be hawkish or dovish then obviously I don't want to get stopped out only to be in the right direction so I think I'm going to get out this trade for now things where I'm already at break even so just to be safe I don't want to get into more euro trade ahead of the ECB uh yeah Newsy can I just talk about this I'm gonna close this one Aussie Yen was another one I'm in and obviously you see we have this up down up down movement so this one again this is, this is more like a fundamental trade with a technical entry i got in when we have this kind of breakout with this uh up i think i thought it, it was a breakout it was not it just fill me in goes back goes up so really an up and down movement i think right now the current uh candle it was from the bank of japan events so we'll see what happened after the press conference but this one is the trade I'm in right now, and that's pretty much all the trade I'm getting. Oh, I'm also at a Swiss yen, so that's why I'm long Japanese yen, short Swiss franc. So this is really the only pair I'm more comfortable to buy Japanese yen with, because again, Japanese yen is still at a negative interest rate. So obviously, uh, if you want to hold something, you want to hold Japanese yen, you want to hold it against something even worse, which is the Swiss franc. Another good thing is that right here. Another good thing is that they both are a risk of sentiment. So uh, if we have a risk of sentiment, it's going to basically hedge out each other. So that's why I got in an eight hour chart, right? This is really a long term trade and I'm looking to hold it. Okay, so that's pretty much all the position I have. So again, uh, looking to get out of Euro dollar, I'm still holding dollar cat, I'm still holding uh euro yen these two are break even so i have removed the risk i want to get out the euro dollar for now and maybe re-establish the position after the ecb uh my uh newsy cat just got stopped out uh, so unfortunately and i'm not looking to establish any new cat trade because i want to wait after the nafta deal and my aussie yen is still in play my guess might get stopped out or might not we'll see what happened and really, the only thing I'm really confident to hold maybe for this week is still Aussie. Newsy is not bad if you're buying against, let's say if you have a very negative, let's say if, if you know, if, if, if US pull off NAFTA, then obviously you can sell cat and then you can buy Newsy cat, so things like that. But Aussie will be my number one choice. I'm really also bullish in cat, but not for now, just because I want to wait for the NAFTA. And that's pretty much it. Uh, in terms of commodities, still very bullish for oil market. 
and I think oil is going to have a pretty good year for now, as long as the U.S. dollar continue to go to become weak, and as long as the, the global demand continues to go up. Okay, so that's pretty much all my position. I hope uh, make myself uh, clearly. If you have any question, you know, in regards to anything, just you know, feel free to let me know, email me, or or just leave a message under my YouTube video. Other than that, I will be back tomorrow again. I will apologize. I'm going to resume the daily video for members and non-members. And again, you know, hope you enjoyed this video. Trade safe, and I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for watching. Bye bye.